Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast with your host, Big Ken, a retired teacher bringing you lessons each week he's learned in the hobby by taking you behind the table and inside the mind of a dealer and a collector. Sit back and relax. There won't be a test. The only thing being graded here is the cards. Welcome to the Sports Card Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Big Ken. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on a streaming service, please like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I drop any new content. And if you're not already subscribed on YouTube, head over there. Please subscribe. Appreciate it. Welcome, and thanks for being here. Uh, Happy Thursday. It is another collab episode this week with Sports Card Therapist. we jumped in last minute. We we did a live, and uh, we're going to put this up uh, as this week's episode. Uh, and we're going to try to get back on doing it, uh, doing a collab episode uh, every two weeks. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Had a lot of fun doing it. So without further ado, here we go. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode, another collab episode between myself, Rob, the sports card therapist, and Big Ken from Sports Card Lessons. Ken, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing well, Rob. How are you doing? Good, man. Good. You know, it's it's. I'm not trying to you know beat this subject to death, but like I I feel like I really have that post national like glow. And I'm not saying I'm glowing, <laughs> so, but I feel like I had that post-national still, I'm still on kind of like a high from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I, I, um, I feel the same way, but you know, I, when I came home, that national was completely different for the both of us. So I, I felt like, uh, I worked myself to the bone, you know, out there. So when I came home, I needed time to, uh, to relax you know, just, just regroup. And, and now I feel like I have that glow. Right. But I, I didn't come home with the glow. I came home with that, you know, beaten up look. (laughs) Yeah. And, and listen, I, I think between the national hangover from being exhausted, uh, between, uh, you know, traveling and all that good stuff, um, you know, it's, it's jet lag, you know, not sleeping in your own bed for however many nights you were there. You were there for what, five or six nights. Yeah. Yeah. I was there Wednesday, got there or very early Wednesday morning and I went, came home Monday morning. So yeah. 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 And and not to mention our, our room was like, you know, like a dorm room. (laughs) It It was the hangout. It was, you know, we were eating in deep dish pizza in there. (laughs) <laughs> eating deep dish at 1 a.m um our fridge was stacked we even got i know i called for a grocery delivery which is crazy because i call for a grocery delivery i've i don't think i've ever used instacart before and it's like i ended up having to place two separate orders at the same exact time because i forgot one and it said that i could go in and edit it but when i tried to edit it it just basically had me place a whole new order and i think i spent like 200 dollars on instacart but almost none of the items were available so i don't even know if i ever got credited back for that or what (laughs) they gave me no substitutions no credit so you know i was ordering us cases of water to bring over to the national because they were 
price gouging. I mean, which I guess you kind of expect at a big event, they have to make their money somewhere, but it was like some of this stuff was, you know, it was ridiculous. So, but yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm, I got through the, uh, the national hangover and now I'm kind of feeling that glow just when it comes to the hobby in general, you know, it's like when I look at the hobby and I think about the hobby, it's like, it has like a nice rose gold filter on it. You know, it's like all is well, nothing can go wrong kind of thing. Yeah. And it feels that way too. There was nothing about, you know, that, that five, six days out there. Um, nothing about that show that, that would even hint that there's, there's, you know, any problems in the hobby, that the hobby is not alive and well, you know? So, you know, coming back from that and being part of that, it, it's just so exciting, you know, I just feel like there's, and I think that, 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 promotes that glow right that promotes when you're coming home and you're just like all right i'm so excited what's next right what what am i what am i doing what's what's my new direction what am i doing and and it's exciting it's exciting to feel that way i can remember you know last year coming home and feeling that way and the market starting to dip and people like you know the sky is falling type thing people were were getting down about the the, the hobby and the market of the hobby and 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 you know, it, it could happen this year, but I just don't think it will. I I just don't think um, I think we're even in a better place this year than we were last year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, as far as like comps and stuff, I don't know if if the values of cards are in a better place than they were a year ago. But I think last year at this time, it still kind of felt like you were trying to catch a falling knife. You know what I mean? Like it kind of felt like, when, when is this going to stop? When are things going to level out? When are they going to bottom out? And I think, I think to an extent, it does feel like things have kind of bottomed out a little bit and people are myself included are not looking at values as much, you know, and don't get me wrong. I, I look at values of course, because A, I do want to know the values of my collection, right? But also because I'm always buying and always adding cards to my collection. So of course I, I need to be a, I need to have my finger on the pulse of exactly what card prices are doing. But I agree with you. There is a better feeling, at least for me, than there was after the Atlantic City National, just in regards to like, oh, what are the cards going to do? When's this going to stop? When's the free fall going to end? You know, it kind of feels like, okay, now, at least for me, I think I am more focused on the cards themselves than I am just like the market. Hmm. You know what was really kind of cool too, um, which was much different than last year was listening to the content when I came home this year and even including, you know, our wolf pack, listening to all their content. Um, a lot of people talking about finding their grail cards or going out there and finding the car they wanted and, and openly admitting, Hey, I probably overpaid for it, but it was the card I wanted. You know, it wasn't like, oh, the comps were this and I walked away from it and, and I regret doing that and all this stuff. It was like people were just and I I included I did the same thing. You know, they uh, uh, I had the option to buy a card that I talked about before we went out there. That I never thought that I would find out there. And, and it wasn't the identical card. It was one step down, but it was still a very big card for me. And it, the, the deal was made very easy. And in my mind, I'm like. Even if I had to pay another hundred or two hundred or whatever, I was still going home with that card. 
you know, and I think you had the same situation with you when once you once they you saw this card uh, that you're probably you may you may or may not want to talk about. But once you saw your card, you were like, I'm going home with this card. It's just a matter of, you know, what it's going to take to bring it home. So I just thought that was really cool listening to that content versus last year. It was all about the prices. It was it was about, oh, this was too much and the dealers were too high. And there was there was a lot of complaining about comps and prices last year where this year I really didn't hear much of that at all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think it, you've kind of echoed my point, I think a little bit with people feeling like, you know what, I don't have to focus as much on prices and as much as on comps and as much on the market, because even last year, even people that were buying strictly for their collection, um, it's hard to spend money on things that you know are just continuing to go down in value right Mm -hmm. and i could tell you one thing i think when it comes to my primary collecting is vintage and last year at this time vintage was still incredibly stable it was still very steady it didn't have that steep dip and decline the way that most modern super modern and and everything else kind of had right like Vintage seemed very stable. However, I know in the back of my mind, and I think in the back of a lot of vintage collectors' mind, it was like, well, we know that vintage cards are not bulletproof when it comes to the economy, when it comes to the market, when it comes to all this stuff. Now, vintage didn't have the run-up that certain modern had, so it wasn't going to have the free fall that certain modern had. However, vintage was going to go down and vintage has gone down a little bit. So even with that, you don't want to overpay. So, you know, it it feels good. I know for me, it feels good. I've said it many times on my show that when I see the market going down and I see comps continuing to drop for me, I'm like, yes, because I am thinking long-term I have gotten, I have taken a step back out of, you know, setting up and I, and so I'm not setting up as much. I'm not buying and selling as much stuff. I'm really just kind of curating my collection. So for me, down prices are, are welcomed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I PC a lot of the, uh, you know, the women's soccer and they just got knocked out of the world cup, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of sitting back too. I want to see where those prices go, if those prices go down. Cause that's, you know, that's a lane that, that worked very well for me, you know, out at the national. So I'm hoping more moving forward to some more shows that, you know, there's, there's still going to be a lane for that, that, you know, the, the, the women's sports, the soccer, the WNBA, I'm just hoping there's going to be more of a lane for that. So I can keep going at that. Cause I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, all the people I met that are in that space and yeah. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully that does continue for you. Um, and, and I know you had mentioned shows, so what, what shows are coming up that you're doing because i know east coast national is just a couple of weeks away so for those that might not be familiar can you talk a little bit about that show are you setting up there i am setting up there i have a table there that's in westchester so you know i guess the last two years they they set it up at at a hotel well actually last year it was set up at, at a college community college that didn't work out well it was very hot and all kinds of things went wrong with that but the show itself was still a great show uh and and i guess in years past it was the 
Westchester community. I'm, I'm not sure the name of the building it's in, but I guess it used to be there. It's going back there. There's two floors uh, and there's a lot of hype over this, a lot of hype. I know all these tables have been sold out for a while. I know people have been reaching out to me, you know, looking for table space. Do I know anybody? That type of thing. So, uh, so yeah. Westchester, New York. Yeah. East Coast National. How many tables do you know? Do you have an idea of how many tables there are? Are there like, there's like 500, I want to say? It's something big like that. Yeah. Right? So, the, so the upstairs is all booths. And I think the downstairs are, are single tables. I think that's how they did it. Uh, yeah, I think it's somewhere probably because it's, it's tough because there's a number of booths up there. I'm not sure how many tables in a booth, but yeah. So I think it's probably anywhere from, you know, probably 350 to 500, I would say. So when, when you're setting up at those shows, when you're going to a big show like the East Coast National, you know, hundreds and hundreds of table, there's going to be thousands of people. There. There's going to be a lot of eyes on that show, a lot of foot traffic. What are your goals? What are your goals going into a show like that? So we've talked about this before, before the national, I mean, to me, my goal is to sell football, right. To sell as, you know, as much football as I can. I do so you still have leftover football from the, uh, the national. I do because it was really interesting at the national. I think all the football, uh, except for, I think two cards, anything, $1,800 and under, they all sold. Everything sold except for for two cards for whatever reason two cards didn't sell but everything over eighteen the nineteen you know two thousand twenty five hundred three thousand those cards never sold and for me um, a lot of people were trying to trade uh, and I just couldn't find anything that was worth worth it for me to trade out of the football to you know something moving forward so I still have a lot of those higher end cards and you know that's my goal is to bring those there uh and and move those cards and you know start getting ready for the fall i mean sell and pick up yeah i mean it, it, it should be a great it should be a great buying and selling experience for me out there and you got to figure right even though obviously there are people out there that are looking to always pick up and purchase four figure cards right four figures and or higher but with prices going down the way that they have say opposed to three years ago right with prices going down the way that they have the value of people's collections have gone down significantly the value of their inventory has gone down significantly so i think two years ago when you were seeing it would be nothing to have 10 or 15 cards in your case in the four figures right a thousand or higher yep. and those things were moving like crazy but now that the values have gone down, that means I think if you're looking at it on a big scale, that means that people's net worth have maybe gone down and the amount of money involved in their cards has gone down. So that does line up with maybe why some of your higher figure cards did not move at the national. Either that or they're the wrong cards. Either that or you're just stuck with the wrong cards because if you have bigger cards that did not move at the national. That tells me that either people are really sticking to that comfort level of a three figure card, you know, like, you know, a thousand and below, or maybe you just don't have the right cards. Which one do you think it is? Is it a combination or? Yeah. Well, I can tell you the cards are Mahomes, Burrow, Lawrence, right? So they're, they're desirable cards. So they're not the wrong cards. 
Um, a couple of the cards are very low pop uh, and haven't sold for over a year and a half publicly, right? So say a card that I'm valuing at about $3,000 last sold uh, at the beginning of 2022, right? For um, like $2,000 or $2,100 and people see that. I spent a lot of time at the National and people were taking pictures of the card for like alt or whatever. And they'd be like, oh, this one just sold. And I'm like, well, check the date. That's like a year and a half. You know, it was, it was a long time ago. And you're like, oh, but nobody could ever, nobody could really ever get to that point. And the people who really liked the card, who really wanted the card, and I'm just, I'm talking about this one particular card, they would come with their case and start putting cards out, you know, one $200 cards. And we're willing to say, take 10 or 15 of these cards. And, and that just, that's not where I wanted to be. I didn't want to take in more football because football is what I was trying to get out of at the time. And there was nothing ever that really came up that I felt uh, moving forward would be good, good for me to take in that I can move. Uh, and I'm sure that it's going to happen. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you two things too, because you were there with me, you know, where we were positioned at the national, I did very well. I know you did very well, but I think if we were positioned in, in, in another room in a different place, I think we would have had even a better experience. I think more eyes would have seen these particular cards that I was moving. And I, and I think I may have had, you know, more opportunity to move out of these cards. I oh, never yeah. got we were in the corporate area and the corporate area, I think sounds good. And it was good to an extent because we had air conditioning the whole time. We had carpeted floors, you know, we, it, so even though the corporate area was good to an extent at the end of the day, yeah, getting, if we were right in the thick of things, you know, I mean, when, when I went out to go walk around, there were, you know, there'd be people five deep just trying to look over people's shoulders to see what the cases looked like. So, um, and we didn't have that kind of traffic. So what, which to be honest, I was probably happy about because I, I know, I think you were there more for like, okay, I'm selling these cards. I'm moving cards and you got some big cards. Me, like we've talked about over the last year and a half or so, I've really taken a step back from setting up. I've really taken a step back from just really moving inventory as quick as it comes. And I've really just kind of taken that money and, and taken it out because I'm picking up PC cards and I'm picking up cards that I really have no intention of selling. You know, I, I, you know, I probably have, you know, probably 10 cards or so that are four or five figures. And I'm like, I'm not moving them. I don't want to move them. I have no desire to move them. Mm. And if someone twisted my arm to like give them a price, I'd probably give them double the last comp just to scare them off because I really don't want to move them. And it, it's, it feels good, you know, to, for me to have these cards and to, you know, I'm, I'm really, I talked about, um, when I came back from national this, this year, I talked about how I felt really hyper-focused and I found myself in this like meditative state at the airport because I was waiting. I got there so early. I got to the airport like three and a half hours before my flight because, I wanted to get there super early because it was a Saturday. There was a massive convention going on. I had no idea what the airport was going to look like. So I got there really early and, um, and I just found myself being like, okay, you know, I really love the direction I'm going. And, and, you know, it was just me and my thoughts. And I'm like, I really love the direction I'm going. And I'll tell you what, even now as a licensed therapist, someone that, you know, really 
preaches meditation and preaches, you know, mindfulness and sitting with yourself and, and silence. Um, I probably don't do it enough because when I did it at the airport, I was able to really sort out so many of my thoughts on life in general. And the hobby just plays such a massive part of my life. So I spent a lot of time thinking about my collection and the direction I'm going. And that's why I think I'm not going to the East Coast National with you, but I will be setting up at the Laz Show in uh, New Jersey in the first week of September. And the reason why I want to go there to set up is because I, I want to bring everything that I, like I have thousands of cards, just thousands. And I want to bring almost everything. I'm going to leave 100 cards home that I consider my PC, everything else I'm going and everything else I just want to have like a fire sale on. I want to get rid of everything, and then I want to put it in another big grail card. And then from there, I probably want to kind of start over and be like, okay, time to build up. I don't know if I want to call it inventory, but then I can start my spending again. Yeah. But I think I really do want to consolidate out of these boxes and boxes and boxes of cards that I find I have. You know, it's it's okay to outgrow your collection right? It's okay. And I've done this how many times over the last few years where I've, I've started with something and I've collected it. And then I've kind of looked at them and said, you know what? I think I'd rather be collecting something here or get a bigger card or do something bigger about my PC. And I take these cards and, and, and I move them, right? I just, I go out, I sell them off and then I'll, I'll use some of that money and I'll buy some more PC cards. And I bounced around doing that, you know, a few times just outgrowing certain things until I comfortably settled into who I really wanted to collect and I'm happy about collecting. And not only am I happy about collecting, I re I'm really having fun meeting the people and being part of all these other groups of the same people who are collecting the same thing. So that's it. And, and, and I, I kind of saw that with you and your vintage group. Right. And I used to think to myself, you know, that's kind of my goal is to kind of settle into a space where, you know, I could have my people that I can reach out to on, on a, you know, Sophia Smith's card or a Trinity Rodman card or something like that. And, and I'm really finding my group now and, and, and it's been fun. That's that's awesome, man. And there's definitely a niche, niche or niche, niche, niche. Either way yeah. is correct. <laughs> there's definitely that niche for um for female sports, especially female soccer. And it really feels like you can get some of these cards a lot cheaper than I'm getting my PC cards for, which is really cool. And I tell you, the community part of it is so important to me because so my Eli Manning collection has really grown over the last 12 months, really grown. I, I put so much time and thought and everything into into this collection. It's continuing to grow. And but I did try getting a bunch of Eli collectors together and, and went and, you know, put there was like seven of us and I kind of put us all in a group chat and started up some conversation and it just seemed like no one really wanted a part of it. You know, it's like the people that were in the chat that responded to my initial post. Um, no one was really responding. All they were doing was putting up their cards they had for sale and there was no like real talk. There was no real like community about it. Um, and, you know, I think I was like, maybe it's because I, I'm kind of comparing it to, the community and the vintage world that I I've really fallen into because that feels like the, it really feels like the ultimate community. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening right now that are like, yeah, 
I have that community too. We have, uh, you know, 90s basketball inserts group chat, and there's a ton of us in there. Or, um, you know, like you're talking about the women's soccer, or, or kind of like what we did with forming the Wolfpack, right? It's it's all about trying to surround yourself with like-minded people that are ha- happy for your successes. And that's a beautiful thing. And that can be hard to find sometimes. Yeah. 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 You know, no matter where you go in life, there's always people that are a little envious of, uh, of everybody else around them. So it's, it's nice. And I mean, I'm sure you find that in the hobby too, but I think it's nice that, you know, the, the in our group, and, and the groups and the, the people that I've been in and, and not only, you know, being excited about my success, but, you know, being, being gifted cards that I probably couldn't even afford to buy or, or, you know, may have not have even been for sale anywhere else. And, you know, two of the cards that I was gifted, I haven't even seen for sale. They haven't even come up for sale right? Nobody's been selling them. So without being gifted those cards, I would have never been able. And that's just, that brings out a whole new part of the hobby, right? Because of course, what do you want to do when that happens? You want to start paying it forward, you know, to somebody else in the group and try to try to keep that going, you know, that it's just, just, I used to see you getting gifts all the time. I'd be, oh, that's really cool, right? And then all of a sudden I get a few gifts. I'm like, oh my God, I got to pay it forward. Somebody's getting something good today from me. You know, like that type of thing because now I get so excited about it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, the hobby is incredible. And one thing that you and I were talking about today, right? We were talking about how, how different like card Twitter is. And how different card Instagram is and how different card YouTube is, right? It, it seems like there are these like fine lines that are drawn and there's very little crossover, it feels like. It feels like there's very little crossover. It's like you're either in the Instagram hobby or you're in the YouTube hobby or you're in the Twitter. Are they calling it X now? Is that what is that X. the official name? Is it yeah, X? Yeah. X? And and I know that I think like Elon Musk like bought a company that was named x so he's trying to change twitter to x or something like that right but like why would you ever name a product x (laughs) it marks the spot (laughs) i guess so is elon musk really going to be fighting zuckerberg are they actually going to fight i saw that cage match kid that that that's going to bring in some is that real (laughs) and they said they had to postpone it right because elon uh Musk has got some kind of uh, injury or, you know, it's got to work something out. Who knows? I know. I know. No, it's, it's not, it's not for sure. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, not, not to switch it up a little bit, but I, I just want to say it was so interesting, you know, being two of us really good friends kind of where, you know, you were in the hobby. I kind of followed in your footsteps and here we are, you know, years later and how different we are in the hobby. You know, like even out at national where I'm selling things and it's like this, almost like a business plan that I go in with and I want to sell all this stuff. And I'm really not interested in going out and shopping. You, you're like, could you watch this? Like I'm going shopping. I'm not, I can't hang around behind the table. Right. And then you come back, you sell a few things. You're like, bro, I'm shopping now. You know, I'm going shopping where I'm like, I'm all set. I, I'm, I'm okay to go home cash heavy, you know? So it's just, just funny, you know, just thinking about, you know, our journeys, where they've gone and, you know, how, how I'm not going to say polar opposites, but our collecting is so different, but it's kind of the same. You know, you, you, 
you went with Eli Manning. I went with Trinity Rodman. And kind of in my mind, I just kept hearing those words you were echo echoing. If you're going to collect somebody, like be in that top 10%, like be that super, super fan or that super collector or that person. And I never understood it then, but I kind of understand it now with, with Trinity Rodman, you know, like where everything I'm doing and, and I'm grading all these cards, everything that's a 10 I'm keeping right. And nines and under they're they're, they're It's a free for all. They're all for sale. So. Yeah. And what, and I'll tell you, at the national, I did feel like I'm like in my head, obviously you and I, we know each other quite well, but I was still in my head like, Am I like a terrible person to set up with? Because I feel like I'm asking you to watch my my stuff just as much as I was actually there behind the table. Um, but yeah, and and you know what? It was definitely about going out and shopping and, and trying to find some incredible cards. Uh, but I think for me more, it was just about wanting to go out there and really socialize. You know, I think that that's that's a big part of what it was too. You know, it was incredible being at the table and and meeting a ton of people, having people come up and say hello. But I really wanted to go out there and and kind of be in the mix and at the same time socialize. And then there were times when I found myself I randomly bought two Michael Jordan rookies. You know, they were both graded eights, and I'm like, I don't want these. I'm in Chicago. So I better move them today. So let me get out there. Let me go and try to shop these around. So, you know, part of it, I think I kind of had um, a different motive every time for leaving the table, but it just seemed like motives kept on popping up. Um, and and the thing too about, about being in that top 10% of like a player or an athlete collector, right? And I know I've talked about that with, um, you know, Hulk Hogan wanting to be in that top 10%. I'll tell you what, that's a pretty big pool. As crazy as that sounds, there is a lot of Hulk Hogan collectors out there. Um, Drake's PC, who I see is in the chat, him definitely being one of them. Um, but you know, I feel like in this hobby, it almost feels like to truly get an identity, you do have to be a hardcore collector of someone or something. It's it's hard to not it's hard to get an identity when someone can't pinpoint, oh yeah, no, that's a guy that collects Peyton Manning. Oh, that's a guy that collects Eli. Yeah, yeah, I know him, kind of thing, you know, because when you don't, you could be a collector of everything, kind of like I am with vintage. You know, I'm I'm definitely after my New York Yankees with vintage, but but I'll I'll collect anything that's iconic with vintage. And you know, I, th I think being able to narrow it down a little bit and shrink down like the hobby, so to speak, I think that helps people wrap their head around who you are, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm making sense there. No, absolutely. Absolutely. We do that all the time, too. You know, you'll say, oh, you know, you know, so you're like, oh, you know, he sells all the, you know, the Brady's or he's selling all the he's got all those Michael Jordan rookies. So we do the same thing. I mean, we describe people sometimes, you know, at, at some of these shows or when we're referring to other people. But one of the great things about that, too, is when pe when people know you are that guy, people send people your way. Right. Which is the best part about that, especially if you're at a show. But now now even on Instagram or something, if you know, if somebody I know with Facebook and Instagram, if somebody puts up anything with women's soccer or, or WNBA stuff, somebody tags me right away. 
you know, and says, hey, you might be interested or whatever, you know, so I'll, I'll definitely go look. And it's just like being at the shows, too, where I say I have people that are out there that were sending me either Mike Tyson pictures or women's soccer or WNBA. They were sending me pictures from the national and, and saying, you know, at table, you know, 530 or at table 722. So the, the, the cool thing about me is when I was saying to you, hey, could you watch my table? I want to run. I knew I was run. I was passing. All I was doing was going to either say the seven, whatever, or five, whatever. I was just going because I knew that's what the stuff I was interested in. And I, and it was, it was able to help me, you know, have very limited time away from my table, but being able to go look at things that, you know, I would be interested in buying. Um, and, and one of the other things too, about the show of our opposites is you don't mind going out and being three deep or five deep, deep at tables, you know, to look over people. You're, you're a little bit taller than me. You're looking over people and you know, I, I just can't do that. Like, I, that's why I love going to those shows early in the morning or at the end of the day when the crowd's out and I can just get up and, you know, casually go look at, I, I'm just not a guy that's willing to be fighting with people to get up, to look into somebody's case. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. And uh, I think you were made to be behind the table. You know, you were you were made to kind of be a dealer. And that's that's kind of who who you are and where you've really excelled. You know, um, I know you love the transaction. You love being able to, um, you know, just kind of move cards, you know, and uh, and and I love it. That's a beautiful thing. and. I'm and the thing is though I know you are a super social person so I'm surprised you weren't really getting that itch to go out there and and you really know, everybody was through. coming to me you know it was like the, you know you put it out there and you say look for how long we said this is our booth number and you know probably every 10 or 15 minutes somebody was showing up to the table sometimes yeah. they were showing up at the same time right so it's not like I didn't want to be social. I'm a super social person. And I yeah. love when people come talk and come see me, I come around the table, handshakes, you know, everything. Let's, let's grab a picture that that's, that stuff. I love. It's just, you know, being, being in a crowded place, fighting people to go see something. I just, you know, for, it's just not me. I don't know if it was, you know, all the, I say all that time in prison probably changed me, right? But uh, <laughs> you know, all that time working at the prison, I, I maybe maybe that's where it came from because I don't I don't remember feeling that way when I was younger. But as an adult, um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to socialize. I'll social, you know, I socialize with anybody, but but I I just don't like fighting those crowds. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, to change the topic a little bit real quick, let me ask you, as far as uh, as far as your podcast goes, because you're you're what on a, episode 120, uh, 115, 115. Yeah. So. What direction do you feel like your podcast is going in your show, your content? Because I know you do uh, most of what you do is dealer perspective type stuff, right? So if you set up at a show, you will summarize the show. You'll talk about, you know, the strategies and, and the thinking process that you had with certain things. Um, you'll talk about like your inventory and, and different, different approaches that you're taking to um, either hold something to move something, whatever the case, but do you, do you see yourself just continuing down that lane? Do you see yourself pivoting at all? What kind of direction would you say you're going in? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep a lot of the, you know, figure out what works, keeping, you know, keeping up doing a lot of that stuff. Um, also, the point of view at some shows, right? So we have listeners from, I'd say, all over the United States, but really all over the world. So there's listeners that can't come to a East Coast National or can't go to a Chantilly show or a Lash show or things like that. So, you know, you can get out there and you can talk about it and say, hey, let you know, try to describe the show you know, as best as, you know, as I can and, you know, tell the story of the show and of how the show went. Um, you know, one of the things I I promised after season one and I really didn't do it and in season two and now season three. Can I guess? Can I guess? Oh, you know, you, you already said half the word already. So <laughs> we're bring just getting bringing out more guests. Yeah, just bringing out more guests and, and just being more comfortable with the interview process for me. Um, which I am like I, I've, I've started bringing some people on. I've got some other people that I've lined up from the national to to come on who have agreed to come on. So, uh, yeah, just to bring on, you know, people who I think have an interesting story or or we have we you know, we can just talk about things that the listeners are going to be you know, want to hear or want to listen to. You know, you, you you've really I mean, I, I watch you do it. I listen. I say I watch you. I listen to you do this. Uh, and And I always compliment you. And you know, that's trying to learn from you a little bit on the uh, the interview process, which you're really good at. And, you know, that's that's my goal is to, you know, hone those skills a little better. Yeah, well, I, I definitely appreciate those kind words. I'm and I look to others as well, you know, so I look at other people and I say, like, oh, I like how they do that or I like this. I like that. And, and really, I think, you know, just in general, we're the sum of everyone we've ever come across in our life right for good bad or indifferent and i think when it comes to to content i think you can almost say like you're the sum of everyone that you consume you know because content can be a powerful thing and i consume content and and so there are people that i look to as well you know i i i take a lot of things from you as well and what you do on your show so um yeah, I think, you know, for me, so I just crossed episode 200 in my head. I was like, I'm going to have a big, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm going to have a big celebratory, like 200th episode. Like, Great. this has been amazing. I've been doing this almost three years now uh, with the show. And then literally episode 200 was during the national. And it was like, I'm not going to stop doing like what i would normally do just to pat myself on the back mm -hmm. right like i'm not going to do that so i did i barely acknowledged it and i just kind of kept going um what i will say is that recently just this past sunday was the first sunday night that i stopped doing the pwcc sunday night auctions and i had a great conversation with uh pwcc and i said listen and I didn't know how they were going to, you know, what they were going to feel, what they were going to say, you know, because, you know, we have, we have a, you know, we have, um, we have a financial thing worked out, right. Where I get compensated, I get paid by them. So, um, I said, you know, I'm really not feeling doing the Sunday night auctions anymore. And I love them. I love the people. I love everyone that was coming into the chats every Sunday night. So thank you so much. If you're listening, if you're watching, thank you so much to all of you. Um, there was a, a really solid core 30 to 40 guys every single week that were in the chat. There'd be various people stopping and going and, and coming and whatnot. Um, but for me, I could remember when I first started doing the, the, 
PWCC auction, right, on YouTube. And one of the first nights, I had to stop watching the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter because I had to go. I had to go do this PWCC auction, you know, and and I can remember there being being barely almost anyone watching. Obviously, everyone's watching the Super Bowl. Everybody's watching the Chiefs beat the Eagles. Exactly. Exactly. So then I'm looking at it and and really the Sunday night gig that I've had for quite some time, you know, through my YouTube channel, um, it started like it really dominated my Sundays. And I'll tell you why, because. I was going into about 1130 at night and in order to, and I have two kids, so I'm up every morning at six, even on Sundays. So to get through the entire day, I would have to hope I catch a third wind. That's basically what it comes down to. I would have to hope to catch a third wind. So instead of that, what I would do is I would take a nap every Sunday, every Sunday in the afternoon, I would take a nap and it's just like every Sunday kind of revolved around having to do that live, you know, and I know with the football season coming up Sunday night football, like I want to be watching Sunday night football. And, um, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have traded the experience for anything. So, uh, so I'm still going to continue to do content for PWCC. It's just going to be in a, uh, in a new form. So I'm not going to be doing the Sunday night vintage anymore. Instead, I'm going to be doing some, you know, some social media content, which I'm super excited about. And uh, so, you know, definitely looking forward to that. So that's just as far as like the PWCC um, gig goes. As far as like the show Sports Card Therapist, I think I'm just going to, you know, continue to do what I've been doing. And that is not really have a set format. I used to do it where I was like, Okay, every Monday is my solo episode. Every Thursday is my interview. Every Monday is solo Thursday interview. And I don't want, there's no need for me to lock myself in that kind of, in that kind of structure, that kind of routine if I don't want to. And I think I've gotten feedback from listeners and watchers that are like, yeah, like I love not knowing what is going to happen on the show. I love kind of not knowing whether if it's going to be a solo, whether if it's going to be an interview. So, um, you know, I'm just continuing to do that and I'm having a great time. And, uh, I tell you the, the love I have for the hobby, the love I have for listeners and, and anyone that can consumes the content, however they do it's, uh, you know, I, I couldn't say thank you enough. I could not say thank you enough. It's, it's such, it's, it's like, it's just an incredible experience. Yeah. I, I, I tell you when we, uh, when we were out at the national, all the people that came, to talk to us about, you know, the podcast and how much they like it and then being recognized in the hotels and the trade nights and the elevators, things like that. It really changed like, you know, and I talked about this on my podcast that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're talking, we're talking into a camera, you know, and, and when I'm doing solo episodes, I'm just, I'm, I'm here in my office talking to an, talking to a camera for 30 or 40 minutes. And, and I, I, I see all the people who, uh, you know, the numbers, who's listening, but you really, all of a sudden the faces start showing up and the people start talking to you and it's, it brings a whole new perspective to what you're doing. And when you, when we were talking about coming back from the national with that glow, I came back more with a a podcast glow than a, than a hobby glow. If if you know what I mean, then a card, not, I shouldn't say hobby, but a card glow, because I was just super excited just to meet so many listeners and, 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 
the people who are listening now, they'll know that the second question I asked after I said, I appreciate you listening is where are you from? Right. And because I was just, my mind was just blown that people were from all over the United States. It wasn't it wasn't like, you know, the people in Connecticut or the people I just see at local shows all the time. It was just people I've never even met before somehow found the podcast and, you know, got hooked on it and listen every week. And I just couldn't be any more appreciative to all those people who who not only were listening, but took the time to come find me at the National and 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 say hello and shake my hand. Yeah, yeah very well said, man. I echo um, I echo those same exact things. I echo them for sure. So, well, we're at the 45 minute mark. So Ken, um, any, any final thoughts, any final comments, anything you wanted to touch on before we wrap up? Yeah. I mean, I just, uh, I'm super excited. I feel like, you know, they, they, they call the national, the hobby new year. So I feel like this is the new year, the new hobby year. I'm super excited. I'm going through the calendar, you know, figuring out the shows that I'm going to be doing Got some big shows coming up. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited to, it, it feels like almost a, an inventory reset for me, right? Because now I'm, um, I'm cash heavy, which most people aren't at this time of year, right? So I'm cash heavy. So I'm going to be going out, picking up some inventory, moving into the fall, you know, put it, putting more plans together because that's kind of who I am. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'm super excited moving forward, not only for the, for setting up as a dealer, but also for the for the podcast as well yeah yeah very well how, said man how, how about you what how are you feeling about coming into the new year yeah you know i'm i'm feeling great i'm feeling great i'm feeling optimistic um you know i'm feeling like there's such a big lead up going into the national and i mean like you know months it feels like feels like months right like there's you know like that 90 day countdown and below is real and you know now now that it's kind of over it almost feels like it's like this it's a disappointment it's a letdown but it almost also feels like there's like this weight that's kind of been lifted off my shoulder kind of thing and i'm sure a lot of people feel that way you know it's kind of like okay like i almost feel like i'm a free agent out there like what can i do like okay you know, I, I don't have to think about national for another year. Um, what can I do? Where do I want to go? What direction? And the thing is, too, with going to a show that size of the national, you're going to see so many people, so many cards that it's bound to plant mustard seeds in your mind in terms of possibly going in different directions. So I think there's probably a lot of people in the hobby that their watch list on ebay or their top 10 card wish list or their chase list probably changed up a bit after attending the national and it's going to change again right that's what's super cool about this hobby uh and i said earlier it's okay to outgrow some of your pc cards right and and we know i mean between now and 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 the real new years right which we'll be making uh you know, top five lists again for next year, you know, that, that if we made that list now and then made it again a month and another month, it would just keep changing every month. Right. Because that's, that's the cool thing about the hobby. You, you know, you go to these shows or you're looking online, you see cards that you didn't know existed, or you see cards that look better than you ever thought, 
you know, in your case with the vintage, you know, the centering and the clarity and all this other stuff, you know, you'll see, you'll be like, oh my God, I have to have that card. Right. And, and, you know, it, it just keeps changing and that's, what's just kind of cool about it. It never gets stale, you know, it never gets old. It's always. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, big Ken, if people want to reach out to you, if they want to check out the podcast, they want to check out the show, how can they find you? Uh, on Instagram at sportscard underscore lessons. I uh, follow the link in the bio to everything uh, on YouTube. Just search sports card lessons podcast. While you're over there, subscribe, like, hit the notification bell. Uh, and and before, before I throw you into it, uh, I, I know Mookie Chilson's in here and he's going to understand when I say this after this episode, bro, I think maybe $35 has got to go into that jar tonight. <laughs> all right all right good stuff man good stuff yeah and i'm rob you know sports card therapist uh across the board on everything so uh ken thank you very much man for doing another collab episode now that the national run-up is is gone and the national hangover we're slowly slipping out of hopefully we can get back to our uh every two week collab episodes absolutely looking forward to it all right Thank you, everyone, in the chat. I know there's been a ton of comments in the chat, um, so we appreciate you guys. I see uh, Jake, 90s B-Ball Cards, Vintage Card Collector, Mookie Chilson, uh, Tim Orlando, a collector's dream, The Loud Collector, Troy, my man, Chad77. I see Global, Richard Price in the house. Um, let's see, Paulie, James Lumen, uh, Drake's PC, Mike Petty, Michael Ham. So thank you very much, guys. Uh, thank you, everyone, for, for tuning in. And uh, I guess that's it. So, Ken, you want to do your, uh, your out? Did outro? you just forget yours? <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in. And uh, until next time, be good to yourselves and everyone around you. And take care of yourselves and your collection. Have a good one. Take care, Rob. <laughs> <laughs>